Perhaps you've been in a conversation like this before. Uh, it could be with your spouse or significant other. He or she may say something and, and uh, some story that happened at work or something like that. And your response is a non-response. You just don't really say anything. And then, then she might say, uh, were you listening? And the truth is, you know, maybe you were like watching the wild game or something. And so you were kind of listening, but not really. And so, but you, of course, dig your heels in. Well, yeah, I was, I was listening. Well, how come you didn't say anything? I just didn't really have anything to say. Um, again, just purely hypothetical. It's not me and Heidi by any means. Pastor Beth and Randy. That's, yeah. um, and then she might uh, eventually decide to say what you would fear she would say, which is uh, the test. Uh, okay, if you were listening, then tell me what I said. <laughs> uh oh. Well, I don't know. You, obviously, you said something about. Uh, somebody that happened at work someday, uh, you're, well, you're busted. There's no, no way out of that one. Um, I bring this up only to underscore the fact that when we're in a conversation with anyone, and if we say something, whether we um, are, are sharing a story or a feeling or asking a question, or it doesn't matter, once we've said what we're going to say, we expect the other person to say something in return. Right? And if they don't say anything, it's like, hello, anyone there? This is the way a conversation is. I would suggest to you it's no different than our conversations with God, which is what prayer is. It's a conversation. It's not just you talking. It's you listening. And when you pray... It's natural and normal to expect a response, and you ought to, because this is a God who responds, sometimes by doing a new thing, something you've never seen before, and it impacts you or your world. Do you see it? Are you ready for it? We're going to come back to conversation and prayer in a minute. But let's talk about the new thing, because that's the heart and soul of this uh, story today that Tim uh, just read for us. This is, of course, after Jesus has uh, risen and ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit has been given, is unleashed, and the Word of God is spreading. Two central characters, Cornelius and Peter. Cornelius is a, um, a centurion of the Italian cohort, so he's a Gentile, he's a non Jew, but he is a believer in the God of the Jews, not yet a Christian, though. And then you have Peter, of course. You know who Peter is. He's, he's one of the 12. He's the guy who always steps out boldly and then and screws up and has to apologize later. But he was a powerful leader in the church. To Cornelius is given a vision in the middle of the day, a vision that I'm just going to... Uh, Make a long story short, it's a story that goes beyond our text today quite a bit further. 
But this is a vision to get Cornelius to follow on a path that will take him to Peter so that Peter can see something really powerful and new, namely that God's promise, God's message, God's spirit is going out beyond the Jews to the Gentiles, which is basically everyone in the world, and it is for them, and it should be for them. And so, back to Peter. Peter is given a vision, which is basically not about animals. It's a weird vision. It's like he took something and is hallucinating about all these animals. It's not about animals. It's about people. And the message is simply that God's message is about to go beyond the people you expect to those on the outside looking in. So be ready when Cornelius comes into your presence because you will see a Gentile who has received the Holy Spirit and believed the same things you do, and you are now brothers in Christ. Be open to that. That's eventually where this story goes. God responding. God responding, as God always has throughout history. This is what the Judeo-Christian belief, this is what our story is all about. This is a God who gets involved in human lives, in, in, in stories, in history, and he gives hope and he gives promise no matter how much we mess up or how unfaithful we are. He heals, he forgives, he forges a new path, he reconciles, he keeps pushing the message of hope and restoration and love and peace further and further right in the muck of our lives, responding to the, to the prayers that the people have been praying over the years and the prayers that are unspoken, that people don't even pray When God does this, do we perceive it? Do we see it? Do we experience it? This is an active God, eventually leading to a message that God is compassionate. It's what we hope that God is, isn't it? We hope that God, when everything is said and done, is compassionate and has a big enough heart to accept the likes of me. Well, it turns out God is so compassionate, he not only accepts you and loves you, uh, but your neighbor, who's very, very different. And, and maybe you don't even like your neighbor, but God loves that person too, and someone from a very different tradition and a different country, and so on and so on. That's how compassionate this God is. Compassion for everyone. Okay, big message, new thing that God did. Who saw it? Who perceived it? Well... Cornelius and Peter did. And here's the interesting thing about um, these two characters, and here's what I want to kind of zero in on as we take it in the home stretch of this little reflection time. Um, it's said that Cornelius was a person who constantly prayed. He was praying constantly. It said that Peter was someone who was serious enough about prayer that even though he was really hungry, he went on the roof to pray despite the fact that he was hungry, he prayed first, and he prayed at length. Cornelius and Peter were people of prayer, conversation with God. They were, I would suggest to you, more open than maybe others were to see what God was going to do next, what God's answer was going to be, what God was up to. And so God gave each of them a vision, and they were ready got their attention, and it moved them into the places where they needed to be so this great revelation could take place. 
there we are, back to prayer and conversation. And that's why, um, that's why pregnant women aren't the only ones who are expecting. So too is every person of faith, male or female, expecting, particularly if they're in conversation with God. What is God's response? Might not be what I asked for, might not be what I expect, but God will respond because God cares and God loves us and God may even do a new thing. The question is, are you ready? Are you expecting it? Are you looking for it? Are you listening for it? It comes to you. If it's a new thing, what is the new thing that God is doing in our world and in our midst, do you think? Anything that challenges tradition that we haven't seen before in every age, there are ripe examples of that. And uh, what is it in your midst? How about in your life? What is a new thing that God might be up to? Or maybe it's not even new. Maybe it's just where is God in your life? What is God up to? How do you see it? How do you perceive it? Some people think that God only speaks in the pages of the Bible. That's it. There are a lot of faithful Christians, strong believing Christians. That's the only place God speaks. Um, as Lutherans, we don't believe that, that it's only in the, the, in the book, uh, the good book. Yes, God speaks there. But you know where God also speaks? Through Rick and Karen and Anita and Jeff and Bob. Through people. And even people you wouldn't expect, people you don't even think believe. God speaks through them. And God speaks through situations coincidences where you say, is this a God thing? I think it might be. When your heart is stirred in a powerful way, it might be listening to music, it might be in a movie theater where the transcendence of God touches you somehow and speaks to you. There is a limitless number of ways God speaks to you. Cultivate the conversation with God. Pray and expect God to respond. And if you, don't, if you don't hear God responding, then say to God, are you listening? <laughs> are, are you paying attention, Lord? What did I just say? That's fine. Read the Psalms. Read Lamentations. They're saying that all the time. Why, oh why, don't you respond to me? I want to close with um, a film clip. We haven't done one for a while. I've been saving up. This is, this is a four-minute film clip, and then, and then we're done. But you're going to like this, I think, I hope. Fiddler on the Roof. Anybody ever seen Fiddler? Okay. Tevya, as you know, the roughly 1900-ish Jewish Russian, was living in a time when there was, things were changing and uh, new things were happening. The tradition, of course, is that um, marriages were arranged by the town matchmaker and approved by the papa. And let's, let's be honest, the mama, too. The mama and the papa. But couples didn't decide on their own to get married. Well, Tevya had a daughter who um, asked for, uh, fell in love with another guy, and, and they uh, asked to get married, and Tevya gave the blessing. Well, we're going to see a scene where daughter number two has just been proposed to and accepted without any blessing or permission from Tevya, the father, and they're going to break the good news to Tevya. Now, as you know, Tevya or don't know. Tevye is a man of prayer who's always turning to God in a conversation, and he waits for the answer. Watch how Tevye waits for the answer, and I'm going to come back and say, uh, where did the answer come from? How did he see or hear the answer? 
And it could be a little lesson to us uh, for how we might pray to be in a conversation of talking and listening. Connor, hit it. Good afternoon, Reptavia. I have some bad news. What? I must leave here. When? Tomorrow morning. I'm sorry to hear that, Perchik. We'll all miss you. But I also have some good news. Good. You can congratulate me. Congratulations? What for? We are engaged. Engaged? Yes, Papa, we're engaged. Oh, no, you're not. I know you like him and he likes you. But you're going away and you're staying here. So have a nice trip, Perchik, and I hope you'll be very happy and my answer is no. Please, Papa, you don't understand. I understand, I understand. I gave my permission to Motland's idol, so you feel you also have a right. I'm sorry, Perchik, I like you. But you're going away, so go in good health. And my answer is still no. You don't understand, Papa. And you are not listening. I said no. Reptavia, we are not asking for your permission. Only for your blessing. We are going to get married. Well, you are not asking for my permission? But we would like your blessing, Papa. I can't believe my own ears. My blessing? For what? For going over my head. Impossible. At least with title and bottle. They asked me, they begged me. But now if I like it or not, you'll marry him. What do you want from me? Go on, be wed. And tear out my beard and uncover my head. Tradition, and not even asking permission from the Papa. What's happening to the tradition? One little time I pulled out the thread, and where has it led? Where has it led? Where has it led to this? A man tells me he's getting married. He doesn't ask me, he tells me. But first, he abandons you. He's not abandoning me, Papa. As soon as I can, I will send for her and marry her. I love her. He loves her. Love. It's a new style. On the other hand, our old ways were once new, weren't they? On the other hand, they decided without parents, without the matchmaker. On the other hand, did Adam and Eve have a matchmaker? Oh, yes, they did. And it seems these two have the same matchmaker. They're going over my head, unheard of. Absurd! For this, they want to be blessed. Unthinkable. I lock her up in her room. I couldn't. I should. 
But look at my daughter's eyes She loves him Tradition! Well, children, I've decided to give you my blessing and my permission. <laughs> oh, thank you, Papa. Okay. I should lock her up in her room. Yeah, all these different things going on. How did he get his answer from God? <coughs> About what to do and where to end up in his conversation. Anybody? Maybe by looking into the eyes of his daughter and his soon-to-be son-in-law to see the love that's there. Maybe by listening for what God is telling him in the conversation, on the one hand, on the other, going back and forth. I hope you'll be equally open and expect that God will answer you and don't be afraid to look around to get that answer and be open to something new that God might do in your life. Amen. Please stand, let's sing. <laughs>